Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete, and I go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. Joining me on episode 49 as co-host is a man you know on Twitter's JepDT. Welcome to the show, Jep. No, Pete. How's things? All good. Holding trades was the key element in round 16. What are your thoughts for the remaining two rounds of the 2020 home and away season? Yeah, it's probably more important now. Um, a lot of us are throwing away our D8s and F8s and F7s and the like. So, look, one option or the other, either you have an emergency, you hold that trade late um, because we're going to get some rests in the last couple of rounds, aren't we? Absolutely. What will be your focus heading into the final two rounds? Oh, for me, it's just trying to target players that are going to score well in these last two rounds. So, you know, I like Frio's run now with GWS and their situation and what they need to play for. I um, I still like the GWS side as well and p- picking apart some of their players. Um, and then anyone, you know, looking at opponents, you know, Essendon are giving up a lot of, of points, fantasy points in the opposition. So targeting that kind of thing as well. Yeah, I said last week it was Port Adelaide, and I'll say again later in the podcast that it's Port Adelaide. Okay, a podcast alert. We will be adding a second podcast this week. Ryan Daniels will join me as a special guest on Wednesday morning on the Plus Six Pod. Look out for that to drop somewhere in the afternoon on Wednesday, September the 9th. Make sure you are following at AFR Ratings on Twitter to maintain a strong fantasy game. While your opponents are still trying to work through news and information, you're in here crushing it. If you would like a chance of scoring a Plus 6 podcast cap, just retweet any podcast link that is sent out via Twitter. Nearly at the end of the season, we're going to drop out a few more. Okay, this week on episode 49, Jeppa and I will be looking at key players ahead of round 17, which begins on Thursday night. Keep in mind we are recording this podcast on Tuesday late, September 8. Make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. Remember, Jeppa and I are focused on overall rank in AFL fantasy. At times, we will have differing opinions. Okay, Jep, on to the Crows. They finish off with Carlton Richmond in the final two games. Riley O'Brien, Brody Smith, Rory Laird, any others or those I've just mentioned? Who do you like? Oh, Laird out from them, out of the most. He's just racking them up. He had a great game tonight. And, um, look, he's probably one we all penciled in for next year too. Yeah, Riley O'Brien for me. Uh, probably time to get off that Goldstein train and get on to Riley O'Brien to finish off the season. Okay, on to Brisbane, Lockie Neal, Dane Zorko and Jared Lyons. Jep, who do you like? Well, I think, look, and Neal's done this in the past. I remember last year he came pretty, back pretty quiet after the break, but then a pretty quiet game from Lockie Neal's 95. So um, I think Zorko, I think his energy and Jared Lyons is, is probably the most consistent um, and underrated of the three. Lions have got the Swans and the Blues to finish off the season. I think they'll, both games will be pretty much contested, so I think Lions is the, the one there for me for an outside pick there. Okay, on to the Blues. They finish off with the Crows next week and then the Lions. Patrick Cripps, Sam Walsh and Sam Doherty. Doherty, it was a bit flat tonight on Tuesday night, and, but Sam Walsh is in some type of form. Yeah, he's going okay. I think um, there are better options other than the three we've mentioned here, but... Um, Look, we know Cripps does have a high ceiling from his history, so maybe going an outside picking Cripps. On to the Magpies. They finish off with Gold Coast and Port Adelaide to finish the season. Taylor Adams has been strong in that midfield. Jack Crisp has found some form across halfback, and Brody Grundy has struggled for ceiling scores, Jeb. 
but we're still holding, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I, th- oh, I think maybe if we're in the if we're vying for top 100, say, then you could pull a bit of a lefty. But um, look, Crisp is really working into some form and playing with confidence. Um, Adams, we know what we're going to get. They're all consistent. Yeah, and Grundy. You know, I, I would think he, with what Collingwood still have to play for also, um, they're no shooting for the top eight. There's um, There should be a pretty good game from all three this weekend. Okay, on to Essendon. They finish off with Port Adelaide and Melbourne. For the re- remaining two games of the season, the Bombers were flat last week. Dylan Shiel uh, was a bit underwhelming. Zach Merritt was a little bit underwhelming. And Sam, Sam Trapper was actually not bad in the ruck. Jep, any of those... Spark an interest for the final two games. The Bombers look at flat out on their feet. Yeah, you go shield out of the, those three. Um, I think merits the price is, is a bit too much because, um, again, we don't know what we're going to get from Essendon. It was a pretty poor display from the whole team um, last weekend. So um, he's hoping they respond, but you go shield as the um, point of difference and a guy with a high ceiling. Okay, we're looking at Fremantle to finish the season. They will play North Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs. Building quite nicely, the Dockers. Caleb Sarong has actually come back into contention now as a cheap downgrade midfielder that can score a premium at the moment. That five has been tagged at the moment, and Michael Walters is still sitting forward under Justin Longmuir. So for me, it's fade on Michael Walters. That five is a fade, but if you're looking for a cheap downgrade, it's just under around about the 500k mark. Maybe it's wrong, but you know we've got to rely on a rookie to score quite strong to finish off the season. Can you trust him, Jeff? Uh, probably not so wrong. I think we should mention Chera as well. Great yep. game yesterday, um, and one to watch out for next season. But look, confidence is a beautiful thing, and I love Freo's last two games, and I think Chera. Um, is a really good outside pick for those um, jumping ahead. Looking at Geelong, they'll finish off with a huge game against Richmond this week and the Swans in their final game. Mitch Duncan, Patrick Dangerfield I like, Tom Stewart I like in defence with that ball marking, plus sixes everywhere. And I'm just going to throw another one in here, Jeb. Joel Selwood, he's really cheap. He's coming off a injury, so um, the Cats have been holding him out. He's at 501k. He is cheap, but you know, coming off an injury, I don't think I can trust him. But you know, he can put up a ceiling game at 501k. It's not that bad a risk, but I wouldn't do it. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'm just more worried about how they go into the last game. So if West Coast lose against St Kilda this round, um, then the, the top four is pretty sewn in. Um, and I suspect Geelong, as they've done in the past, could rest some of their stars. So just be wary of that when you're looking at Geelong players, I think. But if I were to take a dig, um, I think Tom Stewart, um, the way they're playing of late and holding the ball, especially early in games, it seems to be a strategy from the Cats. Um, the, yeah, the plus six game strong. Yeah, they're on tempo footy for sure this season. Okay, on to Gold Coast. A couple of players we're going to look at. We have done so in previous podcasts. Hugh Greenwood, do we hold? Do we trade? Jared Witts, definitely an option if you're looking at anywhere else than Goldstein. Um, but it's still a risk with Witts because he doesn't count those disposals that often. They finish off with the Magpies and the Hawks have finished the season. Against the Hawks, it might not be that bad. Your thoughts, Jeff? 
Yeah, I think you, you hold your Gold Coast Suns players. I think, you know, Dewey will want them to finish the season strong and, and nothing really changes um, going in for confidence for next season. So Greenwood, looking and knowing a bit about him, he's so competitive and he'll want to finish the year strong. Wits has struggled all year um, and I don't think there'll be a lot that own him still to this point, um, but those that do would need to look to flick him on, I think. Looking at the Giants, they finish off with Melbourne and St Kilda in their remaining two games. Tim Taranto, he has a ceiling. Stephen Cornelio, he has a ceiling, but struggled to get there recently. And Lockie Whitfield definitely has a ceiling. Jep, who do you think? Oh, look, I think Whitfield's the one. Um, he, you know, captain for yep. a handful, um, was the pick of the bunch so far. And, um, yeah, Taranto, Cornelio's just struggled to really put four quarters together. Um, whether the captaincy has deterred him um, a little bit and, and moved his focus, who knows, but um, he hasn't been the Canelo we know. And like I said earlier, GWS have a lot to play for, so they're all going gung-ho. Um, we, you know, we've said it before, the runners the, in this condensed fixture, guys like Whitfield, they just got the legs to, to get them through another 15Ks in a game to... Um, to to do their role, so I'd be looking at Whitfield as a captain, and you know that many of us own him. Yeah, for me, Cornelia might have struggled with the shorter game time. We know he likes to get around the ground for those plus sixes in a full length game, so he might be one of those plays negatively impacted from the shorter game. Okay, on to the Hawks. They finish off with the Bulldogs and Suns to finish the season. Will Day has been solid across halfback. If you still got him at D6, it's not a bad hold. Tom Mitchell is still in there, and Chad Weegard has seen a bit of a spike in centre bounces with James Warple now injured, and O'Meara has been out with an injury as well. So Wingard might be one there for the forward line, Jep. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, with Simpkins' injury, it looks likely, um, you know, you look to value, and, and Wingard's the pick out of those three for sure. Okay, on to Melbourne. They finish off with GWS and Essendon, which will be interesting in round 18. Okay, Max Gorm might be one of those ones, especially to trade in against Draper in that last game. And who knows, he gets Mumford and Jacobs next round as well in round 17. Clayton Olvo has a ceiling game, and Christian Park Traka has been solid this season, Jeff. Yeah, look, if you can bring in Gorn, I mean, <laughs> um, there's been no signs of that injury hindering him mm. at all. So Gorn is just, he's oh, although he's pricey, he's the one. It's as simple as that. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I think that speaks for itself. On to North Melbourne. They finish off the season with Fremantle on West Coast. Todd Goldstein has struggled for the last few weeks. So for me, if you've got him, I think it's time to move on. Jed Anders. Jed Anderson has been solid in that midfield, and Jai Simkin uh, with a hit last week. You need to watch out for his selection. For me, Anderson's still an option there in that midfield, but for me, Goldstein needs to be traded out. I would take that option right now. Yep. Yep, agreed. I'd um, if Goldie to Gorn, you know, ticking a lot of boxes there. Um, if you can make get find the cash, so to, um, if you can find the cash, uh, and then Jed Anderson. Who knows what he's going to produce? He's got a high-ceiling game as well. So, look, that's a left-field and risky pick, but one that can come off. On to Port Adelaide. The finish off with Essendon, which is, should be a decent game for scoring for Port Adelaide players this week, and Collingwood. Dan Houston in his backline role, and Travis Boken at midfield, along with Tom Rockliffe. Jep, who do you like? Look, I, I think Rocky. I think Rocky's um, got a point to prove now, and... 
and we, you know, he was emergency a few weeks back. So um, whether that was just a, a strategic rest given his age, I, I don't think it was. So Rocky's in form. He's got a point to prove, and he wants to be part of success at Port Adelaide. So I think Rocky's a pick there. I think he'll be a massive target from people this week. He's low-owned in those top group of um, top-ranked coaches, so I think he will be the target this week. And you might as well throw Boke in there as well, but Rocky will be the target for me. I, I would expect a very much a spike in ownership. Um, I do like him as a target, and against Essendon, who, who were very poor last week. Um, and Collingwood, who don't really tag, so there might be a couple of incoming ceiling games there for Rocky, and we know he has that genuine ceiling, so... Uh, for me, it's Tom Rockliffe right there. Okay, on to Richmond. They finish off with Geelong and Adelaide to finish their home and away season. Jaden Shaw and Basha Hawley across that back line. And Dustin Martin is one to look at through that forward line in fantasy teams. And especially for that final game that I'm targeting at round 18. Jeff, your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's round 18. So next week we um, we look for those high high pick games and um, Dusty's a one. Um They've got a solidified top four as well, so they're playing for a little bit. And this week against Geelong, it's a huge match. Yeah, I think you mentioned there just a few minutes ago, really into round 17, it should be everyone quite competitive. But going into that final game of the season, you're going to have teams who are out of the finals, a race um, making a call on players, and also those who are positioned in the top four or the second part of the top four at the top eight, um, you know, if those places can't be moved, that a decision might be made on their role and their position in the team for potential rest. So, but with the buyer in there again this year, Jep, you wouldn't think that would be the case. Um, anyway, so we'll move on there. St Kilda, we've got uh, West Coast and GWS to finish the season. Royal Marshall is still being consistent for me. Zach Jones, not a tier one, but he is an option. And Jack Steele... Um, there's a potential he might look at Gaff. I'm not too sure this week, but he might be out there. Gaff's been copying a bit of a tag. And with the depleted midfield of the Eagles um, in the last few weeks, I suspect that they might, the Saints might want to target someone. But that might be Ross out on the wing as well. Uh, but, yeah, for me, the Saints, Marshall is the one there for me, Jeff. Yeah, I think Seb Ross would actually go to Gaff if they're going to do that. I don't. I think they prefer Steele on, on ball and at the clearances. But I think Marshall will struggle against Nick Nat and hit the physicality there, and he'll cop Barras when he goes forward or or McGovern. So I wouldn't look to Marshall. Um, I think Zach Jones probably an outside choice, but Steele Steele's the one for me. Steele's going to um, you know the the significance of this game for St Kilda and sure and in their their final spot for a long time. Yeah, they're all going to be zoned in and they know what's at stake. So I think Steele, one of the young leaders of that club, will be in for a big game. Well, it's a potential there for Steele. Um, I think with the under-strength Eagles midfield that he might be able to hit a ceiling game. It just depends on his role. We know most of this season he has been see ball, get ball, rather than restrict opponents. So we'll see how he goes against the Eagles this week. Okay, on to the Swans. They finish off with Brisbane and Geelong to finish their 2020 home and away season. Jake Lloyd, he's definitely target in that defensive part of the of the Grand Four Fantasy Coaches. Uh, Kennedy Parker mentioned last week or the week before in that podcast that Longmire is looking at different roles for them for the remainder of the season. That's slightly playing that out that way, although their midfield usage has been quite high. But for me, I'm fading on both of those. Lord is the target there for me, Chip. Yeah, absolutely. I think they, that tough run going home, I think Lloyd's the only one out of the three. 
Okay, onto West Coast. They have had their injuries, as I have mentioned. The finish with the Saints and the Kangaroos to finish off their season. Nick Natnui did have that rest, so he should be good to go in those final two games. Tim Kelly might be an option there. And Andrew Gaff, Dizzy Copper Tag there, as we mentioned, against Sid Ross this week. And, you know, but that's a potential in that final game of the season, but I'm not too sure how committed the Kangaroos will be committed to that cause in that final game of the season. Your thought, Jeff? Well, yeah, it's, it's interesting how they're going to structure up with so many outs in their midfield. So, you know, Kelly, um, and the one name you haven't mentioned is probably Sheed. I think Sheed scales mm. up in, in his role and, and and importance in the midfield. So, um, but yeah, Nick Nack should be coming fresh and he's got a big role to play. Tim Kelly, we all know what's at stake with him and how he affects games in a positive way for West Coast and then Gaff as well. I don't think they change too much with Gaff. He'll, you know, he'll have his centre bounce attendances at times, but he's really the outside runner um, for the whole match. Uh, so, look, for me, out of from going left field again, I think Dom Sheed would be one to look to uh, or Tim Kelly. I just think Tim Kelly gets a bit of attention now and, you know, held back at stoppages is probably his priority. He was really good last weekend, to be fair, in tight, um, clean hands and the like. So I think, you know, Brett Ratton will look, see that as an issue. Looking at Hamish Brayshaw to make his debut as well to finish off the season. Okay, on to the Western Bulldogs. They finish off with the Hawks this week and then Fremantle chasing a final eight spot. Looking at Bonson Pelly, looking at McRae, looking at Hunter, and Dunkley finally got out of that ruck roll last week, and he hit the ceiling game. If you're not going Rockley for Bogue, uh, potentially it is Dunkley through that understrength Hawthorne midfield this week. Jep, he is the target for me. Your thoughts? Yeah, look, they're all, they've got to kill it. So they're currently ninth on the ladder. They've got two a pretty decent run home in Hawks and Frio, two bottom eight sides. Um, but their percentage is a little bit down on the Giants and they can't be relying on other results. So I'm expecting a blitz um, from the Dogs. Now, out of out of those midfield players, I think, um, you know, Dunkley bobbed up for a few goals last week, which was handy, but his time forward was a concern. Um, Lockie Hunter just keeps on doing what he does on the outside and then McRae. McRae's a stud. Um, you know, if he kicks a couple of goals in a game or Bontempelli as well, they're in for massive, massive scores. So all three, you really, you couldn't go wrong. Probably Dunkley's a bit, you know, if his time forward is is increased, does it take away from his midfield and, and potential overall ceiling? Um, and then we know what Bont's going to produce as well. So just keep that in mind. I think dogs, uh, dogs midfielders, especially Lockie Hunter, low owned, is a target. And just for those listeners as well, the Hawks have given up the most disposals this season, so that is one game to target this week as well. Okay, we're going to look at some ownership, and that is going back to the end of Round 15. The Round 16 ownership numbers will pop up on my Twitter feed just after the final game of Round 16 or the next day at some stage. Okay, Jep, Defenders, top 25 ownership. Lloyd, 100%. Doherty, 92%. He was pretty flat uh, tonight. Laird, 76 Percent Stewart 72 percent, so very high there. Chris 48. Zach Williams, who was a out for round 16, he was at 40 percent there. Brody Smith at 28 percent. Haynes 24 percent, and Ridley and Hawley 20 percent. Hawley's still there. Jeb Zach Williams was an issue. Stewart is probably the one, and Doherty's still the high ownership. You know, those numbers just aren't there. Yeah, crazy. Um, I suppose you know there's been problems elsewhere, and Doherty has held his spot. 
Um, but yeah, the Doherty and the um, Zach Williams are interesting percentages because some may have had the luxury to move Doherty and Williams is obviously a forced trade. So interesting to see how it pans out. Probably expect the Hooley ownership to increase as well as Chris from the back of his first time. Okay, looking at the midfielders there, Mitchell 100%, Neil 96%, McRae 76%, Gaff 64%, Adams 56%, Canelio 56%, Duncan 40%, Warple was at 36%, so he's a trade out. Angus Brayshaw was a out, he was at 32%, so that was a trade as well, Oliver 32%, Dangerfield 28%, Taranto's the one there at 20%, 120% under-owned. McGrath injury, that was a trade out. Zorko just 12% in the midfield. He's got some forward line ownership there as well. Steele 12%, Whitfield in the midfield, in the forward line, sorry. He is 12% in the midfield. Uh, just go down. Boak 8%, Rockley 4%, and Bontepelli 4% still. Pendlebury, if you like, 4%. And yeah, that's about it, Chip. Who are you thinking right there? So yeah, Bont ownership goes up as does Rocky. Um, there's definitely, there's no doubt about it. So they're the targets, clear cut for those um, vying for glory. Dunkley zero percent right there as well. Okay, into the rucks, Grundy ninety two percent, O'Brien ownership lifted to fifty six percent, twenty eight percent for Goldstein still, Marshall twelve percent, Gorn eight percent is the one. So nobody can get to him at the moment, Jep, and Draper four percent. That's all we got. Yeah, so you go for broke, um, it's gone, gone all the way. So Goldie to gone, I think, will be a popular trade. I think you have to do it. Okay, on to the forward line, Petrarca, 96%. I'm just going to mention their forward line at this stage. Whitfield, 88%. Andrew Bracelor, 84%. Bailey Smith, 76%. Simpkin, 60%. So you've got to watch out for that, where that ownership goes if he doesn't play in round 17. Greenwood 60%, Riccardi with 60%, Jeb, that's the one who failed tonight, and it's going to be interesting to see where his ownership on field ended up for round 16. Dustin Martin, he's low end, 24%, Zorko, I said, was 12% in the midfield, 24% in the forward line, and Wingard's 4%, so he goes into that midfield, he's very low owned, so that's one option there to look at, to move on to, that we know does have a ceiling, and if he can get a plenty of a run through that Midfield at Hawthorne, he can hit some scores. Jep, your thoughts? Yeah, look, I um, there's going to be movement. Simkin and Riccardi, that's um, they're pretty highly owned and um, quite you know to combine for 48 fantasy points is not doing anyone any favours. So um, yeah, they're going to get moved on, and there's going to be movement in that top 25 as a result. Okay, Jeppa and I will return next week for episode 51, and that will be the final podcast, the dual podcast for the 2020 Home and Away season. I will do a solo podcast just to wrap up, to wrap up some key data points to finish off the Home and, Home and Away season. That will probably be between around 18 and the first game of the final series, and then we'll return somewhere in the preseason to go through some... Uh, players for the 2021 season don't forget episode 50 will drop tomorrow at some stage in the afternoon with ryan daniels and jep that's it for episode 49 thanks for tuning in everyone thanks guys